And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 244, aka season 3, episode 64, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is your weekly call-in show, those numbers are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, watching some some Disney, um, getting uh, in arguments on Facebook like I always do. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's been fun. I too have been on the Disney Plus. Uh, it's I, it's I didn't pay for it. My my girlfriend paid for it. But. <laughs> so M uh, M is part of like the the Verizon family plan. So we're we're on like the first year free thing. Like we, right, we, you know. Right. So I'm not I'm not worried about it either. Um, I, I mean, it's we've been we've been using it. I mean, you know, like like everybody else uh, watching the the Mandalorian. Um, but also some of the the uh, like Disney documentaries are interesting as well. So I mean, hey, as long as as long as it's free, right? Or you know, free for the first year, or whatever. I'm not I'm not going to not use it. I mean, I we have Amazon Prime oh, sure. as well, and you know, who cares? Kind of a thing, I guess. And it's and it's worth watching just because everybody else has seen it. Uh, sort of. Well, yeah. not everybody, but uh, yeah, a lot of other people. So it gives us something to talk about. Um, you know, we, I, I don't watch any sports, so I can't really talk about that. <laughs> right. And neither do I. So it gets, it gets, it definitely gets awkward um, around, around the sporties. Luckily, not a lot of people here are big sports fanatics, at least in the circles that I run in. So right. I don't really have to know, you know, who won the latest game. But, you know, I also, I also live in New England. Which means everyone's a fucking Patriots fan, and screw those guys! <laughs> screw those guys! Oh no, <laughs> I uh, I will I will never be a Patriots fan, no matter how long I'm here. I, that'll they'll never they'll never convert me to that. Hmm. Uh, now, bef- b- during the pre-show, you kind of mentioned uh, the the Disney little tie-in here, but I wanted I wanted to lead in with something else to kind of at least make some sort of connection over to your your issue with the Disney thing. Um, so I didn't have this article posted as show prep, but it's something that we've covered a while before. You said you kind of read something similar. So I'll just read the headline and you kind of, I won't even, I won't bother reading the whole article. Um, I'll just give you a chance to, to comment on the headline. Uh, from Greta Thunberg, uh, we achieved nothing and don't want to continue. Uh, Greta Thunberg disavows school strike for climate change. Um, so like I said, I didn't really get into the article. You said you did. Uh, obviously, we're not a big fan of Greta um, or any of the people looking for political solutions to climate change. And now she's saying that what she doesn't her, her school strike uh, hasn't worked, which means her entire protest is a failure. Your thoughts, MC? Uh, well, I hope it fails. Um, the uh the the political class is i think is dominated by people that are afraid of climate change and uh i'm not so uh i think human, okay hum- so do you really think they're afraid or do you think it's a political tool since we're talking about the mm. political class oh geez because i'll, I'll bring this up one of the because, things that they threw out was well, obama buying that 15 million dollar yeah you know mansion at sea level and then complaining that you know what they what they do and and what they believe don't line up but at the same time none of the things they do and what they believe line up so right. that it 
you know, I don't really know what they believe. I mean, they, they could believe that we've only got 10 years left, right? Okay, so why not buy a, a house on the beach? That's what they want. Right. So, oh, and, and like, and just get wiped out in ten years, kind of. Thing. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, what they're thinking, but it's, uh, it, it doesn't matter because they're they're not they're not consistent in any way, anyway. So it doesn't it doesn't matter to me what what they think. Um, what what does matter is what 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 they do to other people, um, and that that is usually uh, the bad thing, and and. Uh, but yeah, let's, I think you know we should get back to to Greta anyway. Um, so she's she's a child, <laughs> or right. cl- close to it. See, and that's another thing is we can we if you want to debate that, that's also debatable, right? Because right. in some situations, uh, a female of her age could be considered an adult, or at least right. the the way I the way I looked at it, right, is if if you had if you had a if you had a black male, Greta's age, right, and he did something wrong, he would be tried as an adult. Right, but every time they 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 prop Greta up on TV, like oh look at this poor child, right? So there's there's a discrepancy right. on how they portray, uh, and, and they do this across the board. And of, not only that, but the, she's actually extremely capable. I mean, she can you know sail across the ocean by herself, you know. <laughs> right. So I don't know if I even like the whole child aspect of that. Yeah, she's school aged. I guess you know if yeah. if, if the and closest she, thing I'm willing to concede, and she's. Highly educated, and she's, you know, good in front of, you know, lots of people. She can, you know, do public speaking. Um, she's uh, she's very capable. So it's not, uh, yeah. She's, she, you know, she's. We we could say young adult at this. Point. Okay, I think I'll take I think that. that's fair. But uh, right. I I think that the the method they were trying to do was was use her as a. As, as an example of, of the youth that is going to suffer from the, the climate change. Um, that is true. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that, that brings us to the tie-in. And this is, this is you know, not something we normally do. Uh, get, you know, get off subject, I guess. Uh, I had to find a way kinda, to tie it in, man. Yeah, but I, but I, I kind of want to talk to it, uh, talk about it because it just, I think it, you know, eventually it will prove, uh, some way my my competence and my you know the value of the way i view the world right okay and so and so when i saw the mandalorian oh jesus uh, here we go uh, yeah uh, i i was i was uh biased by everybody else's positive reviews and i'm but i'm a contrarian so when somebody says oh this is awesome I'm going. Oh, there's probably something in it that I just really don't like. So, there's lots of things I don't like. But uh, re- in regards to uh, the use use of children to to get, gain likes, um, I really didn't like uh, Baby Yoda. Oh I man! Thought, I thought it was so cheap, and and I made a comparison to the to the old uh, dinosaurs sitcom. Uh, where where the little dinosaur baby said, "Not the mama." And right. I was like, okay, it works. It gets it views. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's so cute. I love it." Well, you know what? Babies are cute, and they deserve love and attention. And That's all that. why people love it. And yeah. Yoda's fifty, by the way. Just well, I get it, but you know, whatever. He's still a baby. Right. You know, still has the the those features that that make people's 
you know, chemistry, uh, you know, change. And so, so you're saying they're using Baby Yoda to manipulate yeah. the the masses. It's bait. It's bait. It's suckering you to giving six bucks a month for Disney Plus or whatever it is. But uh, but I mean, so if so if I looked at it from that point, I mean, yeah, I I I thought Baby Yoda was cute. It was uh you know an interesting take uh, creatively. Uh, but I just I just thought it was cheap. I I you know comparing to I guess the the original uh, Star Wars trilogy uh, four five and six I thought um, it was uh, it was it was just cheap. That's all. And then so the other things I don't like about the Mandalorian I think are worth pointing out too. Uh, you know the Mandalorian uh, he's got a helmet on, so yep. you can't see his facial features. Yep. Uh, so it makes him kind of more boring to me. Um, now, okay, Darth Vader, uh, com- if you compare the two, uh, yeah, Darth Vader had a helmet on too. Couldn't see his facial features. But the way he walked, the way he talked, um, it it was uh, it was very imposing. <laughs> you know what yes. we did? It, it, you, you, I mean, it, and the music too. All that combined into like, hair raising when when you see him walking you're like oh crap he's you know he's gonna pick somebody up and choke him to death (laughs) right so the mandalorian is not a larger than life character i guess yes and and that's so that's one of the reasons i don't like it and uh, but on top of that so you got the mask on so you can't see his facial features and he's kind of a you know depressing kind of low-key uh you know not much motion going on anyway so I mean that's part of the character. I get it. He, he plays what his role good. I just don't think it's that interesting. Uh, there are more interesting characters. So um, so I think it like as a story, it just the whole thing fails for me. Um, I understand why other people like it. I'm you know that's fine. But I think but getting back to my original point, like uh, in five years, nobody's going to care about the Mandalorian. I think nobody's going to watch it again. I think if, if somebody says, oh, let's watch Star Wars, they're going to pick up episode four, five, or six, or maybe one, two, and three. Uh, that might be true about any movie franchise that turns into a TV show or vice versa, though. Sure. Right, like the movie always stands out more so than the TV show, only because, or simply because um, it's, it's easier digested in smaller increments. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to watch Star Wars, you can pick up, you know, any of the movies and, and sit down for an hour and a half, two hours, and that experience is done. Whereas if yeah. you're going to watch a TV show, the story arc is like six to eight hours, depending on you know the yeah. length of the the length of the series. But my but one of the reasons why I bring this up is because some people are saying, okay, well the 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 modern take on Star Wars in the movies, uh, the social justice warrior stuff. Uh, is is making Star Wars fail, and so so as as a as as a bonus for the people who who like Star Wars, they're saying, well, at least the Mandalorian is good, and I say, well, actually, it's not. Okay. So, <laughs> and that so that's that's my whole point is is that you know it it still doesn't it still doesn't redeem any of the the creative or, or directing uh, uh, choices by Disney, and I. And so my point is, Disney is still failing. Um, I I wish uh, I I wish they would get some, I guess, 
hardcore Star Wars fans to okay. uh, to uh, you know make some of the stories and um and ma- it makes something just you know more more interesting. Just the, the, I'm sh- I'm sure there's better uh, stories out there that already exist. Um, well, yeah, there's, and, and there's maybe a ton maybe of the, books and video games and yeah. And I and I, I don't know you know where the Mandalorian came from or you know how they got to that point, but um, it was basically uh, my understanding. It was basically like they scrapped the Boba Fett movie mm-hmm. and then parlayed it into a Mandalorian TV show. Yeah, and I, and I don't even know if a Boba Fett movie would would have been any better. Uh, you know, they they might have made the right choice. You know, so they can do Boba Fett later. I don't know. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I do. I do feel it was cheap. I think it was like uh, a you know cheap way to get views um, and likes, and uh, uh, but it works. So in, in the same way that you know Greta Thunberg works, you know she's very. She's, it's very you know interesting to see this you know autistic <laughs> you know angry child up there. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I will say this. I don't. I don't 100% agree with you, but I don't 100% disagree with you regarding The Mandalorian either. I see your point on like using the the, the childlike character uh, to attract views, but before that character was introduced, right, there was a lot of hype going into the show. Like it's yeah. it's the flagship show um, right. for the new Disney Plus, and before we got Disney Plus, I was already like, you know. This Mandalorian thing has a lot of hype behind it. I I kind of want to watch it. You know, I want to I want to see. Um, and I'm a Star Wars fan, right? Like, so right. It was it? You know, it, it tied into that. Uh, that being said, one of the uh, one of the takeaways, even after the first episode, for me was I I think, and this might be I don't know if this is true for you. I had to reacclimate myself to TV story arcs. Mm. Right. Like I stopped watching serialized television um, years ago. Like I don't watch TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I watch on like TV is basically like, you know, combat sports or wrestling um, or something like that. And I just so I don't watch I don't watch any new shows. I stopped watching sh- uh, serialized TV shows way back. And I was like it was a commitment to myself that I, I broke for Mandalorian. I'll admit it. Uh, not to watch any new shows because I just I, I felt like I was overwhelmed with TV. It was taking up too much of my time, and I, I wanted to free myself of the burden of having you know be be a slave to the TV. Uh, so when they said like the Mandalorian, I went, yeah, you know what? I'll give this a shot. Excuse me. And what I said was I have to reacclimate myself to um, to to uh, television story arcs was because you know like the first episode was like forty five minutes, right? But it, and it would, but it was. It felt very slow paced, mm-hmm. and every episode subsequent to that is also seems like very slow paced compared to uh, movies that I watch. Right, movies right. you got like an hour, hour, yeah. hour and twenty minutes, two hours tops to like to f- start the story, introduce the characters, develop the characters, and end it. Um, and and that would not have happened with all the with all the little things that were going on. Um, in the Mandalorian and, and you know, like for, so I was thinking about it after the first episode, like if this was a movie, like if they had, if they had to condense the Mandalorian to like a movie time, like how much of this, you know, quote unquote action would they had to have cut out 
uh, and still be able to like tell this part of the story, right? To tell this sequence, what would they have to have left out? And I went, well, maybe that's just me because again, I haven't watched TV in a while. And so I'm not, I'm you know, maybe, maybe these, maybe these are long, you know, somewhat boring, slow paced, uh, storytelling tactics because, you know, the whole story is what, eight, eight, 10, 12, I don't know how many episodes it is. Um, but it has to run, you know? And before we got on the air, I said, you know, the last episode was probably the most boring for me, right? Like the, the episode, episode five, um, of the Mandalorian, uh, had just came out, uh, the last couple of days, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, podcast. Um, and I went, that's, that would, that whole episode would not have made the movie cut, right? It's like, it's, a, it seemed like a side quest from the main mission. It's completely separate from, you know, where we were just prior to that. Um, and so it did, it felt like a filler episode, right? It felt like if, you know, if you were going to, if you're going to tell the Mandalorian story, you know, by the time you get to the end, this was one that could have been left out. So I don't entirely, like I said, I don't entirely disagree with you. Um, I just think it may be coming from the Star Wars universe, right? Where for us, maybe not for, I don't know how many of the books or whatever you've read, um, the story is, is stretched out a little bit longer, right? You're not going to finish the whole arc in, you know, in two hours or four hours or six hours, depending on, you know, what part of the series you're in. Or if you, you know, if you consider the whole, uh, initial run, the, the first trilogy to be like one big story arc, um, or that it was planned to be one big story arc. If you just consider like each movie individually and like, this is beginning and end. Yeah. They told the whole story really quickly. Um, and maybe coming from from that aspect of it, maybe that's what's uh, if you're if you're like me, maybe that's why you didn't enjoy it as much because you expect you expect a, a tighter uh, a tighter narrative than what the Mandalorian is is providing. Is that possible? Uh, sure. Um, so that's I mean, you mentioned the slowness. Um, that's kind of what I felt about uh, Game of Thrones too. Okay. Um, and that I can't comment on. Saw none of that. Yeah, uh, I thought. Well, some of the characters were were more interesting in Game of Thrones, but still, I I didn't care about any of them. So <laughs> uh, that was my problem with Game of Thrones. But uh, it, it's sim- similar to uh, Mandalorian. I don't really care about the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, he's not that impressive to me, and that that's one of the things that I wish they would have done better. Um, he was supposed to be, you know, like elite, uh, you know, and he, and he kept getting his ass beat a whole bunch of times and he kept letting people, uh, point guns at them, at him. And, and there's many times where, uh, they get in a situation where he's pointing a gun at somebody and somebody's pointing a gun at him and, and they just, for some reason, didn't shoot. Um, and that's, I don't think that's reality. I think if, if you're pointing a gun at somebody that else that has a gun pointing at you, uh, your instinct is probably to shoot because that's why you're trying to point the gun at them in the first place. Um, so, I mean, and, but that's like cliche, like Hollywood yeah. uh, scene that happens over and over. So I, I mean, yeah. I don't blame them from do, for doing that, but it just, I don't know uh, how you put the hammer back on a, on a blaster pistol to, to, to like really indicate you're going to shoot. Well, I mean, well, you pointed at them. That's how you. No, I know, it. but you, you know, but, in in regular Hollywood movies with pistols, right? They, they sure, point the gun, sure. then they pull the hammer back. Yeah, I don't know how you do that with a blaster. 
And uh, so, but it, but it happened like many times, you know, okay, it happens once, um, you know, maybe they don't want to, you know, get the office all bloody. And so they, you know, the, the, the guys that were already there uh, don't shoot. And then and the guy that's going in for the job interview, he doesn't shoot because he wants the job, you know, I mean, okay, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but it kept happening, you know, and, and so it, that kind of got old. Um, you know, the, you know, he, he would get in a fight with, you know, uh, you know, a female and then he, you know, he would get his ass beat and then, and it would end in a, in a draw. And it was like, like, come on, when, when is the point where this guy is actually like a badass and he's actually good? Like, like he's, you know, he's, he's, he, he wasn't what they said he was like, they, they hyped him up to be, Oh, you're like, you're the best. And then I didn't see any of that. <laughs> you know? Now, so. I, I don't remember seeing that as part of the hype. Right, I don't remember saying like he's you know well, he's the he's the top Mandalorian ever in his clan. Well, not ever, but they but he was supposed to be elite, right? And so maybe he wasn't one of the best. But um, uh, like I said in the in the job interview part where he was talking to one of the guys that was going to hire him, um, the the guy that was trying to hire him was saying you know a man of of your stature, like he was like really building him up and and right. From me watching the movie, the Mandalorian was it could have been sitting there, uh, smirking, going, "Yeah, I don't know what this guy's talking about, but I'll take the job." <laughs> you know, but well, you can't because, see his face so. <laughs> because he because he's a Mandalorian, right? Like that. Right. That's it. They're they're an elite class of bounty hunter, but there's you know there are better and worse within that class, right? And the worst Mandalorian is probably as good as your average bounty hunter, I guess. <laughs> if, you know, if we're, if we're yeah. trying to find the scale. So yeah. so. Everything so it's it just for me watching it. It didn't everything didn't line up, and it it didn't it didn't give me uh, a, a reason to want to see the Mandalorian succeed. Right? I was just okay. I was you know I was just waiting for him to fail again and then get back to arguing with Greta Thunberg on my iPhone. You know? <laughs> and uh, so that was that was the most egregious part. Is you you think that they they. They knew that the character of the Mandalorian was going to be weak, um, just like the. I'm gonna tie this. I'm gonna do my best to tie this. Just like the climate change argument is weak, so they throw in Baby Yoda slash Greta Thunberg as the cute character to Kinda, bolster yeah. it. Okay, sure, sure. Well, yeah, I, I think a hundred percent that. I think I think I mean seriously, without Baby Yoda, what would be what would there be? Um, and then and then the other part is like okay, so the so the the. Uh, the, you know the uh, bounty hunter you know supposed to bring yoda back or baby yoda back uh you know dead or alive uh and it's no surprise that he doesn't uh take the baby back and they, 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 oh he, the mandalorian has a heart wow uh, yes you know it's like okay yeah anybody would have you know not shot the baby except for the freaking robot that that you know ended uh that he ended so I thought um, that part was cool from a, from yeah, a technical that, perspective. Yeah, that was that was probably the coolest shot in in the in the film. Yeah, uh, but but not but not surprise not surprising that he didn't uh, you know kill the baby. Um, so yeah, anyway, so you get my point. I yeah. guess we can move on now, <laughs> all right. or or whatever you want to do. All I all I got left are headlines, and we might get through them all because it's 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 it was a slow news week, and that was uh, I didn't see anything. 
I don't I didn't see anything else worth really like mentioning that was new and novel, I guess. Right? Like, you know, Trump's still doing his thing, the Democrats are still doing their thing. Uh, there was another shooting somewhere, you know, I was like, eh, I'm kind of, I, maybe I'm being cynical. Maybe I'm kind of like you in your feeling toward the the Mandalorian. Maybe I'm just cynical towards the news cycle at this point where like nothing seems fresh and original. And it's just like or a rehash maybe, of what happened before. Maybe we already solved all the problems in the world. And, uh, and this is just the, the consequence of that. Boredom. Yeah. I mean. What what would you do if there was no government to complain about? I mean, <laughs> that's, well, I, that's, that's what I said to somebody on Thanksgiving. They said, what are you thankful for? Well, my, I'm thankful for the government. She's like, really? I said, yeah, because if they didn't exist, I wouldn't have anything to complain about. <laughs> well, see, and I don't I don't really need, I'll, I will find something to complain about. But for me, <laughs> for me, it goes back to video games, right? Like Black Friday was a, a disaster to my credit card because of all the games that went on sale. Let's see, one, two, three. I'm I'm staring at like just a portion of my my Black Friday haul, and I've probably got like 14 new video games just sitting oh, on my geez. desk, <laughs> right? And I, that's not all I ordered, right? So if 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 not for the state, uh, I would I would just be playing through all of these and enjoying yeah. myself and kicking well, back. I've, and I've got fat. two games I haven't played yet. Um, one is the Wild Wild West one. What is that? Oh, uh, I have no Red, idea. Red Red Dead Redemption oh. Two. Yes, you're gonna enjoy that thing. And I and I played it for about an hour. I didn't really get into it, um, so I'll ha- it's it's hard for me to get into that one. Uh, it's same for the same reason it, it was hard for me to get into uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, open world, um, kind of. Um, yeah, it's well. it's yeah, anyway. It, but I got another one. It's called. Um, I have to launch it just to figure out what it's called. Because, oh, After Party. It's about uh, this couple that goes to hell. And Interesting. I've not try, even heard of After to get Party. Out of it. It's it's not a you know a huge budget uh, game. It's probably it probably only takes a couple hours to get through. Um, okay. Uh, maybe a quarter a quarter of the way through or whatever. But you know there there's so many games that are coming out. It's just I mean the, the most people wouldn't even know about. So. That might be true because I was sitting with my coworker the other day after this Black Friday haul, and I think I'm good for a while. Like I pulled up the the 2020 like release calendar, and through the first six months, there's like maybe two games, three or four games that might catch my interest at the time. Um, but all the games that I got on Black Friday was like the the super duper discount ones, like 10, 15 bucks a pop. So it's not like I spent, uh, except for the Switch games. God damn it! Those games never go on sale. So any if they drop a few bucks, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm antsy. Um, but yeah, so there, there's not much, there's not much to get excited about upcoming. Um, so if it takes me a while to to play through, you know, half of these, I think I'll be okay. Um, <laughs> but I, but I like I I was a big fan of Red Dead Redemption, and one and two, like you know, played way too much of that. Um, but I kind of like you know, d- depends depends on how the world is set. Because like Red Dead Redemption Two, it's open world, yes, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, you can just mm-hmm. you could just go from you know mission to mission and you know right. banging out in you know a few weeks or whatever. I you know I I got a hundred percent on it and it was like two hundred and forty hours worth, um, but a lot of that was doing the side missions and doing the collecting and you know just en- enjoying enjoying the open world. But yeah, but that's what I would be doing. Absent the state, 
I would be playing a lot more video games, and that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Headlines. Tennessee offered free college to fix its crumbling education system. Then something unexpectedly happened. Ooh, provocative. A headline, NYPD cop injured by razor blade stuffed inside his sandwich. A headline, woman awarded $20,000 after she was arrested for not holding escalator handrail. And finally, headline, uh, decrying income inequality, excuse me, decrying income inequality is a tactic to gain more power for government. Um, we might get through most of them, MC, any place in particular you want to start. Oh, I always like income inequality. All right, let's do that. Uh, income inequality is a tactic to gain more power for government. And I guess a lot of these are going to tie into this as well. The 2020 presidential field is saturated with candidates decrying wealth inequality and making the argument to soak the rich. Uh, one front runner, for instance, is constantly denouncing the millionaires and the billionaires. Ominously, a New York Times poll found that two-thirds of Americans believe that wealth in this country should be more evenly distributed among the people. Now it is true that in America, the top 1% own 42% of the wealth, and the top 0.1% own as much as the bottom 90%. So it's easy to see how many Americans don't think capitalism is working for them. Relative to those millionaires and billionaires, plenty of people think they are getting crumbs while others are taking a big slice or big slices of the pie. But is income equality the best measure of progress or prosperity? Consider choosing between the following two actual countries. Country A has a much more has much more inequality than country B. On the Gini measure of inequality, where zero indicates perfect equality and a hundred uh, perfect inequality. Country A has a Gini index. I don't know what that is. G-I-N-I. Index of 45. The 103rd least equal country. And country B has a Gini index of 26 among the top 10 most equal countries. In country A, the gross domestic product per capita is $62,000, while in country B, the GDP per capita is $5,700. In country A, income is the highest quintile average 143,000 and the lowest quintile 155. In country B, income in the highest quintile averages $10,300 and in the lowest quintile $2,900. Country A describes the United States and country B describes the far more equal former Soviet state of Belarus. While everyone in Belarus is relatively much more equal, they are certainly not better off. In fact, relative to the rest of the world, the citizens of Belarus are for the most part much poorer. Rejecting income or wealth egalitarianism does not imply rejecting equal rights, equal treatment, or equal access to opportunity. And it does not imply that some people are judged as morally inferior. Society cannot mandate that everyone have equal height, weight, eye color, hair color, or religion, but society should not mandate that everyone make the same economic choices or be in the same economic situation either. Even if society were to compromise otherwise identical people who simply have different goals, we should not expect all people to have the same amount of income or wealth at all times. Uh, one of the biggest problems with egalitarianism is it negatively judges people getting richer at different rates, even if everyone in society is getting richer in the process. 
Furthermore, it negatively judges the fact that every person starts with less and becomes richer throughout his lifetime. Most measures of inequality, such as the Gini coefficient, are snapshots of what people in society have in any given year and do not track what individuals have over their lives. And most of the talk about the top 1% implies that the people in the top 1% remain there. This may, be, this may have been true in feudalism, where one's title determined income, but in a market economy, most people's income and wealth change, typically moving upward over their lifetimes. By focusing on relative rather than absolute levels of income or wealth, egalitarianism mandates policies that can make everyone poorer as a result. Rather than looking down on increases in income and wealth in differing amounts, we should celebrate and be grateful for the efforts of the work, excuse me, should celebrate and be grateful for the efforts of those who work for the benefit of all. After all, we collectively are choosing freely where to spend our hard-earned money. The only entity forcing open our pocketbooks is the ironically the same one politicians want to use to increase so-called equality in the government. Uh, end of the article. So your thoughts on this, MC? Which country would you choose, A or B? You want to be equal? None of the above. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I, is an I, option. I, yeah, I would. I would much prefer. Uh, I would much prefer a government that doesn't even measure these statistics. Um, I think uh, Hong Kong did that for as long as they could get away with. Um, they one one time they. The, they asked uh, one of the politicians to to uh, start measuring certain things in the economy, and she said no, uh, because as soon as we start measuring it, the government will start start making policies regarding it, um, and it's just a complete waste of time and effort, and and uh, there's no reason to manipulate the economy. The market can figure out uh, what things work and what things don't and the things that don't work uh, go bankrupt and the things that do work uh, make the most money so um is it never a good idea to have this information i mean statistically only only for argument's sake um but the the people in hong kong would say hey we're not measuring it and look how good we're doing we don't need to measure it okay and so the, the proof is is in you know how uh, how free and prosperous they are uh not not in numbers um the numbers are kind of meaningless so for a poor person in the united states then if they didn't know how rich the rich were you think they'd be happier or better off in their in their quintile regardless of where that happens to be um i think if if people weren't telling them to be unhappy they they might not be unhappy so <laughs> at least at least when we're talking about uh the effectiveness of marxists right so um and i and i think that's the truth most people are not scholars or uh they don't they don't debate uh economic philosophies um and and they i think most people don't go to work and i don't know let's just say a lot of people hate work but i don't think a lot of people hate their employer so much some some do it's probably split 50 50 actually um well, it's not but, just hating your employer. It's it's being given the knowledge of how much better your neighbor, your quote unquote neighbor, is doing than you, right? Like it's it's a it's a keeping up with the Joneses, uh, but for the entire economy, right? They go like, look at how rich these people are. 
and look how poor you are, right? And if you vote for me, right, we'll, we'll balance that out and you'll have more. Imagine what you could do with more money than you currently have. Um, and we just take it from the guy who's got way more, right? They say this yeah, like I think a- Amazon. Yeah, and- I think that's pretty much uh, a, a tactic that, that politicians use. Um, but as far as uh, somebody knowing... Um, well, well, stats like this, like with the they call it the Gini coefficient, has to do with uh, wealth distribution. Um, uh, I, I think for for us, it's easy to look at this and be like, yeah, okay, country A is it's the best, um, or better than the, country B comparatively. A lot of uh, people, Marxists and scholars, would say, uh, no, we should destroy country A and make country A just as poor as all the other poor countries because, you know, it's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when when I would say, I think, you know, people should be allowed to live wherever they want. And if they want to move to a rich country and make more money, then they should be allowed to. Yeah. Uh, The the other way that I've I've seen this example, and I don't quote me on it, is like, you know, would you rather be living in a neighborhood where you made like $100,000 and your neighbor made a million? Or would you rather be living in a neighborhood where you made uh, $50,000, but your neighbor only made 75000 right? It's like, well, I'd, I'd rather be living in the $50,000 neighborhood because I know that that dude's not that much further away than me, you know, kind of a thing. Because people would rather be poor, uh, would rather be equal in poverty uh, than disequal in wealth. And I don't know, when they phrase the question like that, I don't know if it's because um, they have like a, an innate hatred towards uh, wealth or the rich or anything like that, or is, or if they just don't like um, seeing people better off than them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, there's there's you know, people of all kind. Um, I could see why it would be fun to be rich in a poor neighborhood. Uh, I don't think it would be fun to be poor in a poor neighborhood, um, and 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 the opposite of that being being, I think it would be better to be poor in a rich neighborhood. Yeah, um, I guess for me, do you think it's do you think it's uh, people being brainwashed by the politicians, or do you think the politicians are preying on something uh, innately human? I guess, right? Like they 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 reckon the, the elites. Uh, recognize that humans um, at the core, like maybe biologically, I don't know, I don't know what word I want to use. I, I think innately works, innately uh, value equality, and so they do their best to prey on that that desire. I think, I think what people really want is is in value is fairness. It's it's not even equality. I think I think people try to convince people that everything should be equal, and and there's a there's relatively small percentage of, of people who who believe in total equality um we'll just call them the the you know the extreme leftists or whatever um sure. but i i would say by far most people uh really value fairness um now if in- inequality gets too crazy then they then some people uh equate that to not fair um i don't it doesn't really bother me how how rich okay. uh, uh, Bill Gates or 
or uh, Soros's or, you know, whoever. Um, what what I do care about is is if uh, they're doing it with, you know, force and fraud. <laughs> so. Right. And I think that's where that's I'll bring up another point then. Um, for the for the people shouting out uh, equal equality and fairness, right? They're they're not pointing at the politicians who are above the law as being the ones that aren't fair, right? They're pointing at the business owners, the the evil capitalists uh, who make well, the, you know the politicians always bill themselves as public servants, even though they're usually rich too, <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is the 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 general public um, is more likely to be upset at. Uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or you know George Soros, than they are to be mad at um, Donald Trump or Barack Obama or whoever whatever senator uh, Bill Clinton Hillary Clinton, right? They don't they don't hold as much disdain um, for the politicians. Well, so, some though, do, some don't. I'm t- I'm talking aggregate the the the, the, yeah. the average American. It's 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 hard to know because uh, there there are a lot of people that don't like politicians nobody really trusts politicians um i think think they say that i think that stat is 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 very true but they they like their politicians right that's the thing right so yeah 90 was it 90 million people voted in the presidential election the last go around and you know regardless of whether or not they liked their opponent right they were still in favor in some way of their candidate who's Mm -hmm. richer than them that gets more benefit is uh unequal to them, uh, lacks fairness compared to them, right? But they're but they're the ones that's going to lead them, um, and that's what they're looking for. That's that's part of what I'm saying. They don't they don't they don't hold the same they don't hold the same disdain towards their candidate than they do the businessman. Even though, um, if you if, if you want to, I don't I don't usually like doing this, but if you want to accept the fact that the the state, the government, and the politics aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Right, that means you, the individual, had just as much access to that wealth pie as the, the you know the the wealthiest person you can think of, right? Bill Gates, um, Warren Buffett, whatever. Like you could have got there, right? The, you know the, the what the, the the terms that get thrown around is like uh, they they have twenty four hours in a day just like you to get done, right? They have to yeah. operate within the same law structure initially I'm, I'm as not- you. I'm not sure most people have disdain for for rich people, but I do think they they. Well, who be, do you think they're talking about when they say "eat the rich"? Well, that's not most people. Okay. You're talking, like I said, you're you're talking about the far left. Um, they can become successful. I don't think they're successful yet. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how good uh, you know Andrew Yang gets with his uh, UBI. Um, but free whipped cream for all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did see that picture. I didn't know what it was about, but <laughs> it lacked context, but totally unnecessary. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it, talking about most people is is kind of hard. Um, but I think you know, as as far as a political argument to get elected, um, people politicians can definitely use the idea of redistribution of wealth. Yeah. Um, there's a, a new article uh, from fee and they want to change the word uh, uh, socialism. They want, they want people to stop, stop using socialism and capitalism so much because 
those terms are mean diff different things to different people. So they made up a new word for what the left really wants right now, and and they call it the uh, transferism. Um, so transferism just is you know like it sounds. Uh, they want to transfer wealth from one group of people to another. Um, you know, in in uh, you know to make things more equal, uh, which I think is a horrible idea, but um, you know they they might be successful with that with that type of language so if we if we plug that language can we go back to to using the the abolitionist term then it would be like the the transferist versus the abolitionist uh, those who want to transfer wealth from one group to another and those who want to abolish the system that makes that possible mm. is that the new battle line being drawn sure are so are we the abolitionists i would consider myself to be one it's not a it is a term that I would accept. Um, it's not a term that has taken off the way I think they you know the the people promoting it uh, would have liked, right? Mm -hmm. Just 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 like well, when would, we use well, the term anarchist. Be, well, that would be uh, Adam Kokesh then. He would be the abolitionist, right? He could be. Yeah, I don't know. Has I don't know. I've never heard him. Um, no, he wouldn't use that term. But yeah, uh, you know, maybe we could convince him to. But <laughs> sure. the abolitionist wing of the Libertarian Party. Right, but and yeah, I've heard people throw it around. Like, well, well, well what term should I use then? Right, because we 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 use anarchist. A lot of people don't like that. It comes with a lot of baggage. I don't really give a fuck. But I use right. it anyway. Sure. Um, it it has it has uh, it's misconstrued in different circles. You have to redefine it wherever you go. So it may not be the best term. Uh, so the, you know, the term voluntarist came around, and it was like, oh yeah, everything should be voluntary, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, in, in less I'm gonna say less than a decade, um, that term has some baggage with it that you know people don't necessarily like. Um, but abolitionist, right? You know, is a, is a throwback term. It's a retro term, going back to the uh, original abolitionists during the slave period, right? You know, who wanted to end slavery, uh, same like we're trying to do here is end slavery by you know through. And, and the slavery that is wealth redistribution currently happening right now, um, but it just never took off. But if we're gonna if we're gonna be making if we're gonna be making up new terms like transfer transferism or transferist, right? Maybe maybe that's the counterpart to that. It doesn't have to be a left right divide at that point. It doesn't have to be anarchist versus statist uh, because again, way too much baggage for for you know your your regular holiday conversation. Uh, mm. But transferist and abolition, that nah, could be just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, most people use the term socialism wrong, and most people arguing against capitalism uh, define it wrong. So, but, you know, what what a lot of them are arguing for is, you know, just sim quite simply theft. They just want uh, to redistribute wealth the way they want to, and doesn't matter how they do it. Uh, a lot of them are okay even with, with the violence that happened in in China and uh, in Russia, uh, as as a you know as a means to an end, and it's it's just that's just totally crazy. You know, everybody suffered through that. Yeah. Not 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 just uh, the people they were shooting, but you know, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't good for anybody. So, um, within the last couple of weeks, I've gotten to a a heated discussion uh, with a Canadian friend of mine. Um, you know, because he was, uh, I think this was like, he saw the post late, but it was like, uh, uh, what was the latest Memorial day or whatever, the latest holiday to celebrate those ass clowns 
Is that the latest one? Anyway, he has, he had his like Canadian Remembrance Day or whatever, and he posted something on Facebook like, "I'm so thankful for those who served and granted me my freedoms." Uh, and I gave him I gave him the little laugh emoji, just boop, laughed at laughed at you, sucker. Um, and it was it wasn't it wasn't until like the end of November where he goes like, "Hey, I just noticed that you laughed at my post. What's so funny, bro?" Um, so we got into a heated discussion uh, about like you know liberty, yeah, because he's he's a he's a one minds a world peace one's mind at a time guy. Uh, so we got into a discussion on on liberty and freedom and how you get it, and you know he's still pro state. Uh, I don't think I've I don't think I convinced him otherwise. Uh, and his like his last ditch effort. Right to like to try to convince me that you know his way is the right way was like the Canadian healthcare system, right? He's like, well, I know that with you know a baby on the way or whatever that I'm not going to be bankrupt uh, by the end of it. I have to, so I'm like, all right, uh, you don't. This, this is not a gotcha thing for me, right? Because it's still a transfer of wealth. It's still it's still. Um, I'm going to say the term win lose because uh, he's he's familiar with that aspect of it. You know, we seek out win wins. That whole system's a win lose. Um, and I'd say like, well, you know, there's, there's obviously, I'm not going to come to the defense of the United States healthcare system because that's as win lose, uh, as it gets at this point in time, right? Like we're, 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 we keep going down this path of more win lose. Um, but you have to look at the history of that. So I sent them a couple of links, uh, to, to, you know, so he has an understanding of how we got, you know, from a more win win system where you talk to your doctors and they had a price and you paid the price. And if it was like catastrophic uh, insurance necessary, well, that's why you pay for insurance, but it wasn't, you know, for average everyday checkups and it wasn't exorbitant prices or whatever. Um, and hopefully he took the time to read through that, right? Because what we're, what we're, what we're fighting against is like you said, MC is the, the transfer of wealth from one group to another. And in Canada that happens as well, right? He's like, well, why don't you move? Like, Cause there's no place to move. Let's be real. They did the, you know, give me an example of one place that I have. I'm like, well, God damn it. You know, here you go. Uh, you know, medieval Iceland or whatever, you know, the, the, the one anarchist example. I'm like, all right, I can, we can play that game or we can have a serious discussion about what's really going on. I don't want to play the game because nothing you're saying is new to me. I've heard it all before. Here's all the form rebuttals uh, for your, your, you know, but what about the roads objections? Um, but what we're really against is that transfer of wealth and, you know, come right down to it. He, he described like taxes when I suggested that, you know, charitable contributions, right? He's, he called taxes, uh, charity on steroids, right? <laughs> Look how much more you can do with taxes than you can with charity. I'm like, yeah, well, cause uh, it's fucking stolen, you know, it's forcibly extracted from one group. Like there's, there's they're playing the win lose thing again, right? You got, yeah, you got yeah. one people losing out to benefit another or with charity. It's one person benefits, uh, you know, and so does the other. Right, someone. It might not be a monetary benefit to donate to charity, but it's a good feeling benefit. Else you wouldn't do it, right? It's it's a help right. for your common man benefit. Else you wouldn't do it. So if you you know might not be charity on steroids, um, but at least it's a win win on a smaller scale. And if you localize that, right, um, mm-hmm. was it mutual aid societies and or church giving groups or anything like that, uh, you can make that transfer of wealth voluntary uh, by people who benefit from giving. Maybe not financially, but receive some sort of benefit from giving to those who are in need at the moment, right? And if it's voluntary, then they're in need at the moment because, you know, shit happens, catastrophes occur, accidents happen. Um, Then you, you know, you you take the charity, 
right? You build yourself back up, you get back on top, and then you may feel compelled, you know, to give back to the charity, to give to your, you know, to pay it forward to the next person, um, because we know that in some form or fashion, we all experience that. But it's not that, you know, it's not the transfer of wealth that's objectionable. It's the forcible extraction and transfer of wealth that we always object to. Sure. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Sure. All right. Uh, let's do, let's do this one because I think it's short and I want to, I want to, I want to give a, the, 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 uh, what was it? Didn't I used to have like an award of the week? The hero of the week award uh, to this unnamed guy who they don't have on camera yet. Uh, NYPD cop injured by razor blades stuffed inside his sandwich. This could have been so much better, and yet it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a veteran. <laughs> did, did, did you read this at all? Am I, am I spoiling? No, it? no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You're going to be disappointed. A veteran NYPD officer got a horrifying surprise when he sat down to a steak sandwich dinner chomping down on a razor blade hidden inside his meal, according to the police. The 56-year-old cop suffered a cut inside his mouth as he bit into the dangerous deli sandwich from Bon Appetit Specialty Food Store in Rockaways at around 4.30 p.m. Thursday. Police sources say that the 24-year veteran assigned to the Critical Response Command in the Counterterrorism Bureau dug into his meal at a nearby NYPD facility. Thank God he didn't swallow the blade, a source said. He could have sustained life-threatening injuries if he did. The officer was taken to Nassau University Medical Center for treatment. The NYPD is investigating how the blade ended up in the meal and whether the officer was targeted. He was in plain clothes, which when he placed his order, but rolled up to the deli in a marked police car. He was clearly identifiable as a cop, a source noted. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea tweeted a photo of the razor blade and sandwich along with a scathing message. To repeat, the NYPD has zero tolerance for acts of violence against our police officers, he wrote. A sandwich bought at a Queens Deli on Thursday contained a razor blade that cut inside of an NYPD uh, CT's cop's mouth. He'll be okay, but a full investigation into this abhorrent act is underway. Uh, the officer could not be reached for comment. Probably couldn't talk if he could. <laughs> uh, three police officers reviewed internal surveillance footage at the deli on Friday and left around noontime. Uh, DNA evidence had also been collected from the blades, sources said. Management for the neighborhood eatery apologized in a lengthy statement. In our experience, the NYPD officers of the 100th, 100th and 101st Precinct have been an exemplary, exem, exemplary example of professionalism and service to not only our business, but to our local community in the Rockaways, Queens, and New York City at large. The statement read, If given the opportunity, the management of Bon Appetit would like to personally apologize to the officer and the rest of local law enforcement community. Uh, Mary Mornick, born and raised in Rockaway, said she's frequented the deli for 20 years. Uh, this is shocking to me. I've never had a problem before, she said after buying some turkey. Uh, the New York State Department of Agriculture and Markets, which regulates the deadly, promised uh, an investigation. You know what? I might have seen like more than one article on this uh, because that's the end of this article. Uh, but I, I remember maybe another article had a quote. Uh, that was basically like, you know, how, how can the officers feel safe in the neighborhoods that they're, uh, tasked to patrol and protect? Uh, I thought I wanted to, I was hoping to see that again, but anyway, your thoughts on this MC spiking a cop's burger, uh, with a razor blade and what does it do for Halloween candy in the future? Now that we know it's being done. 
Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't have too many thoughts on it. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Well, hero of the week for whoever spiked that razor blade then. Uh, and I, I, again, I liked it because to me, uh, if you could get away with it, this is one of those like minor forms of pushback that, you know, that you can do. Like if you don't, if you don't want the cops in your neighborhood, right. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the Rockaway uh, neighborhood in Queens really loves the police department. Somehow I doubt it, especially when it comes to the NYPD. So if this is a way to like, you know, just to get them to like not be around, like, like even like I said, the, the, the one quote that I uh, wasn't in this article, apparently, um, you know, was like, uh, no, we don't want you patrolling and protecting our neighborhood. Just just get out of here, you know. And if you come here, you don't expect to eat. Don't expect to drink. You know, if you if you run a uh, gas station, right, don't expect to fuel up your cruiser. Uh, just just take off. Um uh, so yeah, you know, if, if they're going to be enacting uh, violence on peaceful people um, and getting a paycheck through taxation, well then yeah, spike their food, take them out however you can. Um, don't get caught, uh, you know, because that that's probably going to be the the worst thing that happens. Uh, but I fully I fully support uh, this type of this type of counterterrorism, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, when it comes to uh, the police and the police state. All right. Do we have time for one more? Where are we? What are we looking at here? Do you want to do one more? Or do you want to cut it short? Uh, yeah, one more is fine. Tennessee offered free college to fix its crumbling educational system. Then something unexpected happens. As the front runner in the Democratic Party presidential nomination race battle each other to offer more and more free stuff funded by the rich paying their fair share, most notably a college education, one state that did just that has had some rather unexpected results. I think I pulled this one. Um, uh, sorry, interjecting really quick because I was hoping that uh, Ken would be on air and be, as a as a professor, um, he would probably have something to say. But alas, he wasn't with us this week. That's okay. But here we go anyway. Here's what the front runners are proposing: Bernie Sanders, abolish tuition and fees at four-year public universities, community colleges, and trade schools. Cancel $1.6 trillion in student debt and expand Pell Grants to cover expenses beyond tuition. Elizabeth Warren, free tuition and no fees at two and four public colleges, plus forgiveness as much as 50000 in student debt for 42 million Americans. Pete Buttigieg, however you say that, free tuition at public schools for 80% of American families, expand the Pell Grant program and create $1 billion a community college fund to pay for ancillary costs of college such as childcare and transportation. Joe Biden, two years of tuition-free community college or high-quality training for recent high school graduates and many adults. The first dollar program means students can use Pell Grants and other aid toward expenses beyond tuition. All sounds awesome, right? Free college, the promise of increased earnings potential, no debt worries to reduce your post-grad consumption capabilities. Well, as Bloomberg details, Republican-controlled Tennessee has tried this free college approach with its Tennessee Promise program, and the results are disappointing, to say the least. The state became the first in the U.S. to offer tuition-free community or technical college for every graduating high school senior when the program was signed into law in 2014. The good news may be the state's, co state's college-going rate of high school graduates rose to 64% in 2015, the first year of implementation, from 58.1% the year before. The bad news, 
definitely, among the first batch of Promise students, roughly 16,200 who started college in fall 2015, about 18% dropped out after one semester, and three years, about 49% had quit. So not exactly surprising, really. Enrollment rates soared while it's free, and dropout rates remain terribly high, and clearly a waste of rich taxpayers' money. So maybe there's more to this whole education thing than simply being free. There are just inherently complex social and emotional factors that a financial aid program doesn't address, says Mike Krauss, executive director of the Tennessee Higher Education Commission and Student Assistance Corps, which administers the program. As Bloomberg notes, Promise is what policymakers call the a last dollar program, meaning it pays the cost of tuition not covered by federal Pell Grants or state awards and scholarships. The program doesn't cover expenses associated with being a student, such as transportation, childcare, school materials, and other costs. Funds can be used at the state's community and technical colleges, as well as universities with eligible programs, which means Democrats should focus on not just free college, but free transportation to college, free childcare, and free, social, uh, free school materials, because that will fix everything. There is one group who are a cock-a-hoop at the government paying for students to attend college. I don't know what that means. Uh, Terry Bryson, a vice president at Moslaw State Community College, which has graduated 1,566 Promise students, proclaims that free tuition has done a great, huge job, but it's not a magic wand. Indeed, you get a government-guaranteed income stream and more students. So what? So if what you want is for Americans, America is more students dropping out of college, Vote for free college. Otherwise, just leave the meritocracy well alone because government intervention has not worked. Just look at the student debt debacle sponsored by government-provided loans and more intervention will create, as Tennessee shows, more unintended consequences. Uh, so your thoughts, I'm going to focus on the unintended consequences, uh, MC, of free college and, and where it's already being done. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't that interested in that one either. Oh my gosh, we're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just wrap let's, it up then. Let's, well, it's good. <laughs> All right, final thoughts out of the hole. No, I'm gonna go watch some more Star Wars. <laughs> Woo! I get pumped for Episode Nine then, because that's that's what two weeks away. Yeah, I think Saturday. it'll be a roller coaster, but uh, uh, you know, it's it's a good way to you know end a destroyed franchise. Maybe I don't know. Sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, uh, minds.com slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, maybe not for this episode, apparently, because there was nothing really good here, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening and making it to the end if you did. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.